they, they shouldn't be dying. And let's say I'm wrong about the vaccine. No one really cares about this phenomenon from the mainstream media or, or our health officials. So that's why I point to the vaccine, um, because no one wants to talk about this. I mean, well, they, this is something that's not even discussed. Well, they keep pushing it. I mean, in our my area, I'm doctors are still recommending it to people. So they haven't gotten the message or they don't care. I think there's incompetence there and bigger issues if somebody doesn't, if somebody's still recommending it. I think you should get a new, a new doctor. There are so many supplements out there, it's confusing what's best for optimizing your health. Beyond getting your basic nutrition, if there's one vital ingredient for optimal health, it's carbon 60. Why? Because carbon 60 is the world's most effective supplement at reducing inflammation and increasing longevity. Inflammation is a major contributing factor of almost all disease, including Alzheimer's, asthma, cancer, heart disease, obesity, and COVID vaccine injury. If you are serious about your health, try Carbon 60. Be careful though, not all Carbon 60 supplements are equal. I recommend Carbon 60 by Live Longer Labs, the scientists who first brought you Carbon 60 that was suitable for human consumption. They were also first to bring you Carbon 60 in pill form, first to incorporate black seed oil and curcumin, and first to incorporate frequency technology that gives you full spectrum health. You can be confident that you will be buying the absolute best. Buy or learn more with the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Ed Dowd coming to the program. We're going to talk about what we think is coming in 2024, the excess deaths, what's going to happen to all these companies, what's happening. Um, we're going to talk about the tipping point. Are we reaching a tipping point of awareness? And then we're going to talk about the economy. He's a Wall Street guy. I'm not bringing a Wall Street guy here and not talk about what's going on with the economy. So we talked about that as well. And he's people who've listened to him before, he's a pretty smart guy. So we were able to talk about some some pretty good stuff here. So I hope you listen to this whole thing. Before we get into it, I want to talk to you. It's a new year. So there's things that people want to do, like lose weight, and you can get the Gluco Control $10 offer. If you've already did the $10 offer, now they have one that's buy one, get one free. But I have the link below so you can get it for 10 bucks. It's usually, I think, 60. And it is a great tool to deal with inflammation, excess sugar. You take it before you eat. It doesn't, it keeps you from um, having sugar spikes, balances out your sugar level. People are losing weight from it and they're dealing with their inflammation. It's great. Now let's talk about inflammation. C60 is the best anti-inflammation on the planet. So if you're looking to deal with anything, that it deals with free radicals. So it helps you heal from whatever ailment you have because it, it frees up your body's resources c60 does it frees up your body's resources because it's so focused on dealing with the free radicals it allows your body to focus on other things that's why it does it's the best for inflammation and other things it's excellent okay the links are below let's get into this really interesting and timely conversation with ed dowd hi ed welcome to the show hi how are you sir I'm very good. And I'm really happy that you decided to join. I wanted to talk to you about excess deaths, where we're sitting at right now. Um, I know that there has been excess deaths over the last few years, which you can talk about too, but where, what are we going to be looking at going into 2024? 
Yeah, so excess deaths, uh, as you stated correctly, have been with us since, um, especially amongst younger age groups. There was excess deaths in 2020, uh, about 500,000 in the U.S. due to uh, COVID, and now it's coming out maybe potentially uh, suppression of early treatment. So it's mostly so older folks who died. What's the number? You said 400,000? 500,000 in the okay. U.S. Uh, in, in 2020. Um, and it was mostly old. And then in 2021, with the vaccine, concurrent with the vaccination rollout, we had a mixed shift to younger age folks. So I've been focusing on millennials because they're not supposed to die excessively. Um, you know, they're young and that's not supposed, something that's supposed to happen. And so in the U.S., in 2021, it was around 37 percent excess deaths for millennials, 25 through 44 age group. And then in uh, 2022, it was around 21%. And for 23, it's looking around 10%. That's total U.S. population. The problem is, is that um, the Society of Actuaries also tracks these numbers, and that's a, a subset of the U.S. population. And for millennials uh, this year, they saw uh, in Q1, 12% excess death, then in Q2, 18%, and then in Q3, I have the inside scoop on the numbers, 23%. So that's going to be higher than the general U.S. population. That's because these people are employed and we're mostly mandated to take these. So the problem is that I see excess deaths continuing uh, in 2024. Depending on the country, the U.K. is running higher. Um, it's all over the map. Australia is running around 10%. So I think 10 to 15% excess deaths uh, in millennials is probably about right, unfortunately. So it's getting better, but it's still with us and it should not be with us. I believe it's obviously the vaccines and it suggests there's potentially some medium term effects from the jabs, if I'm correct. Um, so there's, uh, my, my naysayers give a whole bunch of other reasons, but until, until I hear a better excuse, this is what I'm going with. So when you say 10%, how would you, it's 10% of what? 10% more than what deaths should have occurred. Yeah, so deaths are very predictable uh, things. And uh, the insurance industry knows this. That's why they issue what's called group life insurance policies for uh, individuals that work at Fortune 500 and, and mid-sized companies. And generally speaking, it's a benefit you get when you sign on board to a company. And if you die, your spouse or your parents or whoever you make the beneficiary gets one or two times your salary. It's it's a and it's un, it's not uh, underwritten, meaning they don't do a medical. They just give it to you for free without knowing your health. Um, those rates are very predictable. So, uh, ten percent excess death is about a free standard deviation event, meaning it's a signal. It's not normal. It's above. Uh, it's it only happens 003 percent of the time statistically. So. And it's also, as stated by um, Scott Davison in 2022, 10% excess deaths is a once in a 200 year flood. At the time, they were seeing 40%, especially amongst millennials. So in the millennial cohort in group life in 2021, they were 40%. They're running around 15% in that specific subset. The general US population is running around 10 for millennials. And that's, uh, because, right that's because they didn't all get the vaccine. In your Correct. opinion, in my opinion, it's low. It's lower than, than than those who are employed because you had a choice. If you if, sure. if you're employed, you didn't have a choice. 
So what would 10% equate to for 2024? Let's say we stay on track. How many people are going to die that shouldn't? Uh, I'd have to go do the math. I haven't done the math, but, you know, we we experienced 60,000 millennial deaths uh, between March of 2021 and February of 2022. That was 40% excess deaths. So 60,000, probably 15 to 20,000 excess deaths in in the millennial group this year. Okay. You know, 60,000 is Vietnam War. 20,000 yes. is still is, 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 you know, a full rock concert stadium. But that's also just the millennials, right? Just so, the millennials. Uh, and I focus on them because they're not supposed to die. They're not supposed to die. But how many, you know, I just had somebody who was 26, I know, die. So there's kids that are younger than millennials, you know, that are generation Y or whatever's after that, that are dying. Yeah, let me let me check in my database here. I'll just I have it open. Lower than 25. Yeah, so this is interesting. So in 2020, there were 10% excess deaths in zero to 25 in the US. There were 21% in 21, 21% again in 22, and 23 is running at 16.8, called 17%. So younger folks are dying at a higher rate. The young below the millennials, Gen, what is that, Gen Z? Gen Z seems to be experiencing uh, a, a similar sort of problem. Now, is that because there's just they shouldn't be dying from anything? I mean, they we know COVID didn't affect them. We know, I mean, they just don't die from this stuff. So any excess deaths, it starts to be a higher percentage. Yeah, and 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 and, and deaths in that age group tend to be accidental. Um, one of the smoking guns I found in my book, Cause Unknown, was in the UK. They didn't start vaccinating ages uh, one through 14 until November of 21. And their excess deaths were actually below normal because of the lockdowns and the closures. So there was less movement. So less movement and, you know, creates less uh, opportunity to die accidentally. So, but then when the vaccines rolled out, their excess deaths started to rise. And then in 20, uh, 22 and 23, it's, it's off the charts. So, you know, they, they shouldn't be dying. And let's say I'm wrong about the vaccine. No one really cares about this phenomenon from the mainstream media or our our health officials. So that's why I point to the vaccine, um, because no one wants to talk about this. I mean, this is something not even discussed. Well, they keep pushing it. I mean, in my area, I'm doctors are still recommending it to people. So they haven't gotten the message or they don't care. I think there's incompetence there and bigger issues if somebody doesn't if somebody's still recommending it i think you should get a new a new doctor okay but what are we doing what are you hearing because i know you hear you talk to a lot of people you talk to attorneys you talk to ags from different states i know you talk to a a lot of different people i had ladapo on a couple weeks ago and we talked about the fact that there's going to be a ton of lawsuits going against the mrna producers and he thinks they're in trouble what do you think I, I agree with him. I, I've spoken with Joe, and he's a good man. And, you know, so he's he just great. came out. He recently came out and publicly stated for the removal yes. of all these vaccines. He says they're killing people. So it's good. That's a public official. We have Ken Paxson in Texas suing Pfizer for fraud. I think you're going to see more and more states attorney generals come on board because what's going to happen is not only we talk about deaths a lot, but there's a, you know way more disabilities. And as tragic as deaths That's are, right. econo- 
economically, they're worse for a state. So the state disability rolls are rising. And just like in the tobacco wars, when people were dying from lung cancer and started to affect the state budgets, this is going to start to um, work its way through the system. And I, I suspect we're going to see more states sign on board to these types of lawsuits. The good news about a state's attorney general is I believe they have an easier path towards discovery. A lot of individual lawsuits have a hard time getting to this is going to potentially open the kimono and uh, and uh, we'll see, you know, what, what really went on behind the scenes. And, you know, at this point, you know, I, I we've done so much research, uh, my team and I at Finance Technologies, we haven't laid out an analyst mosaic, just pieces of evidence showing that the clinical trials were were a joke and they should have stopped them due to safety uh, signals That's then, right. but they didn't. They, they kept rolling. That's right. I mean, if you read that, they were trying to hide the Pfizer documents for 75 years for crying out loud. Right. So that's what's coming down the pike. Do you foresee there being any justice or are they just going to work like mad to sweep this under the rug? Well, it depends on the uh, consciousness of the American people and the other people in the different countries. If they get irate about this, which they should, like super angry, but not not angry to the point of violence, they can affect change through the politicians. The politicians, as we know, if they sense there's a wind shifting, they will throw all these people under the bus. And uh, and, and and I think that's coming. It just takes more and more people, uh, you know, watching shows like yours to just wake up to the fact they were duped. Most people honestly didn't really think that this was a problem because they trusted. And once they realize their trust has been broken in a massive way, I think we're gonna see a change. But you know, I think 2024 is the year of, of, of a mass awakening to this issue. I mean, it really started percolating in, at the end of 21 into 22. I think what I'm seeing on Twitter and in the news and, and people like Joe and, and, and Ken Paxson, it's only gonna snowball from here and more and more mainstream media people. I, I know Megan Kelly has come out, said she's vaccine injured. And, you know, we're going to see more and more of this. The people are going to stop towing the line. And I think the reckoning, the beginnings of the reckoning come this year, but it's going to take, you know, five years before Pfizer goes bankrupt. Well, do you think, you know, Pfizer going bankrupt, as you know, you've done a ton of research. Pfizer isn't the only culprit. No, no, no. The government, so, the doctors, the hospital system, the media. I mean, this is going to this is going to affect trust in so many institutions. There has to be kind of a a basic, um, uh, you know, almost like I, you know, a peaceful raising of these institutions and they're rebuilding from the ground up. I mean, the FDA, right. the CDC, you got to fire everybody and rehire. That's right. Or wonder what we're doing with the way the organizations are. I mean, totally revamp them, because if we got into a situation where these people were this inept and still pushing, I mean, I, that that's crimes against humanity at some point when they at what point are they to blame for being inept and then not stepping away? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're at the point of, I, in my book at the end of 22, when I wrote it. I said they see the, the the health officials and the global government see the same data I see, and that right. they're and so I call it a cover up. So we're in the, forget about the who and the why and how it happened. We're in cover up mode, which is a, right. you know, sometimes a bigger crime, and it's much like I saw in corporate America with fraud. You know, Enron uh, fraud, 
by the time it came out that there was fraud, the stock was zero. And I know Enron uh, CEO and CFO were whispering in big investors' ears, everything's fine, lying all the way down. Then they went bankrupt, still were lying until they were in handcuffs. So there's kind of this... That's um, right. Psychopaths do this. They, they, they have to pretend everything's fine until they're actually in handcuffs. So the reason why they're still pushing this is they can't say, oops, it's not suitable for young children, because if they do, then it questions the whole daisy chain. So they're going to pretend until they're literally almost fired or in jail. I think you're right. Now, do you think that the pushback, some of the things that we're going to see, because everything's kind of coming down, right? The public is waking up to all sorts of things in their process of always having to look innocent until they're absolutely guilty, until they're in cuffs, do, are you seeing them, are they going to do some things that a, a cornered rat would do, like just unbelievable things? They fight back in ways that are irrational, and we're just going to see more of that? Uh, you know, like this, this is such a um, violation of trust and you know, it, it it questions, you know, the authority of, of global government. So um, and there's a financial problem going on with the debt bubble. I think we're going to see wars, uh, you know, cyber shutdowns, you know, with being blamed on Iran and Russia. There's going to be all sorts of issues to distract from the fact that we were all, you know, forced to do this and collectively poisoned. So. That's if I, if if I'm a rat, that's what I would do. I'd create distractions, economic uh, war. You know, this is the classic how to wipe something off the map is 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 to do this. And the, the, what was interesting is the consciousness of the vaccine issue was starting to come um, come about in 2022 uh, or 2021, and then and then they launched the Ukraine war, and that kind of took the vaccine issue off out of the news for a while. I don't think they're going to be able to hide it because word is really spreading anecdotally. You know, you go back two, three years, I was called crazy by my friend group. Now they're, you know, you know, half of them are telling me, thanks for exposing this. The other half don't want to talk about it because they're still in the cognitive dissonance, but they are not taking any more boosters. So the wind, the winds are changing here. And it's, it's unfortunate that it has to be a grassroots efforts with people like you and others getting the word out rather than, our, our own watchdogs, the watchdogs that we created to make sure this doesn't happen. It's it's people like you and me rather than them. Well, that's the tragedy. Think? Yeah, it's a total tragedy. So what do you think of these watchdogs? Because they weren't just watchdogs. They were part of it. It was like they are the Trojan horse. You know, they came in, yeah. we all trust them, and then they do this to us. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's a similar situation to the great financial crisis. The rating agencies... Were supposedly the independent third-party watchdogs of credit, and then they became um, uh, corrupted by the money in issuing all these bogus bonds and slapping AAA credit ratings on them when they shouldn't have. So once you corrupt the independent third-party trusted agent, uh, lots of bad things happen. The FDA has been corrupted for a long time. The CDC. So yeah. all these people are complicit, and it's not just money this time. This is this is lives and and and, and quality right. of life. So they, they, something needs to be done. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. 
The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Yeah, because the injuries are more than the deaths, like you were saying. What What is it, a yeah. five to one ratio or something? I mean, it's a it's, huge it's, ratio, we, right? Yeah, it's four to one and it could be growing. We'll, we'll get more data on that. But the last time we did the analysis, it was four to one. And so, you know, that's a, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of money diverted from the economy. And, that's you know, right. if, you know, if, if you're, if your family member gets disabled, can't work, that affects your whole life. I mean, it's, that's it's, right. it's just everything. It's really a tragedy. Okay. I got a wall street guy on my show. I have to talk about the economy. <laughs> you're not yeah, going Lord. without going there. Okay. Let's talk about what the heck is going on with the economy because we're looking at, we knew the WEF was trying to do a massive reset based on COVID, right? They were open about it. They had the, I don't, you probably saw it, the big circle with COVID being in the center and how they're going to reset everything based on COVID. They had that out, you know, right after in 2020, right after, it came out, which was incredible. But they want to do a reset, and it's more than just economic, but a lot of it's economic, and people are very concerned. So, what do you see as happening? We had some, you know, the Weiss Group, who's very respected, are seeing over a thousand banks that are going to imminently collapse. What do you think? So, let's go back a little history lesson. We had the great financial crisis in 2008 9. I was there, I saw it go down. And the powers that be decided to fix the problem, which was a debt problem, they would issue more debt. So uh, right after that financial crisis, central bankers went off printing and buying bad bonds. Politicians spent like drunken sailors. And you know, you go, you, you go forward to 2019, it was all gonna come undone, but then mysteriously and miraculously COVID comes along and gives the central bankers an excuse to print more money. And they, you know, in my personal belief is the system, which started in, you know, to 1913 with the Federal Reserve is kind of at the end of its game. And, you know, we're, we're the world reserve currency. Uh, the system needs constant credit creation. COVID gave them an excuse to create more credit, but it also brought inflation. Then they tried to curb inflation, raise interest rates and money supply as measured by N2 year-over-year growth, went negative in November of 2022. Uh, so we had an inflation whipsaw up, then they raised interest rates, and then money supply cratered, which is credit. We haven't seen that since 1930. And there's usually an 18-month lag on the effect, full effects on the economy, which will be 18 months from November of 22 is May of this new year. But what did we see in March last year? We saw bank failures, right? Big, big bank failures. The Federal Reserve 
Yeah, they put their finger in the dike and they created what's called the bank term lending program. And because of that, uh, they're losing money now. The Federal Reserve is losing money on their balance sheet because of that program. That slowed it down. It didn't eliminate the problem. The banks still have their upside down. They have uh, loans on their books at two, three percent from the you know you know fourteen years of zero interest rates, and they have um, depositors wanting more more money for their savings because, but they're not able to raise the deposit rates. So that's why people are taking the money out of the bank and buying a T-bill or going to a money market fund. And so that's called disintermediation. That's why banks were starting to fail. So the Fed put their finger in the dike. I think there's going to be a lot of bank failures over the course of the next two years, is my guess. And the real economy is in the tank. The government papered that over with spending. Most of the new job creation has been government uh, jobs. And so the fourth quarter GDP was for point something percent. But if you X out all the government transfers, it was minus one percent. So we have the government, the Biden administration trying to keep this thing together going into an election year. I think it's going to unravel in the next six months. And it's already unraveling. I mean, real people feel it. They're losing jobs. Yep. yep. The, the inflation's killing them. But the mainstream media is still pretending everything's OK because the stock market is still hovering up there near all time highs that will shift soon. I wouldn't worry about that. And then we're going to get, you know, a response from the Federal Reserve and the, the politicians when this economic downturn really gets in here. Well, gosh, the people are going to be so angry with I mean, the media is lying to them about the covid the shots and people are dying. They're lying to them about the economy. And then when the economy falls, people are going to be suffering like crazy. I mean, at what point do people turn against the media and say, I, I mean, why are they even listening to them anymore? I mean, what point do they turn against them completely? Well, the good news is the COVID situation woke up a lot of slumbering Americans who became aware that something was off. And as we roll through time, more and more people are waking up. The problem is, is the mainstream media still has a lock on what I call uh, low information voters or That's citizens. Right. Yeah. And so they don't these people still are probably north of 50 percent but as time goes on once we get more and more of them to realize that something's really off and it has been for a while then it all changes i think we're slowly approaching that i call it a tipping point it's like capital markets there's always tipping points and so we're at oh, close to that tipping point. It's just that it'll be very interesting to see what the people do, because once the mob wakes up, it gets kind of scary. Now, with the CBDCs, I've, you know, I've had Andy Sheckman on my show, and he's famous for talking about bringing forward. He's talked about it years ago, but then he started talking about a year ago, how they're going to actually cram CBDs. This is his theory, is when all these banks collapse, they'll take do a formal collapse. I just want to hear your thoughts on this. This is his theory. They're going to do a formal collapse. And then in order to get your money, they're going to force you to take the CBDC. Now, a lot of other people are talking about it as well. I've heard public officials talk about that could happen. Do you think that could happen? And are they ready enough to do the CBDC? Because some engineers are like, no way, they can't do this. But what do you think? I think it's going to be a hybrid system. And I do agree that you can't introduce a CBDC without a crisis and the crisis is coming. So when did you implement a CBDC? 
you do it at the bottom of a crisis and then because people are in fear. So they think they want the government to save them. So I think that's going to be bandied about in the midst of the crisis that's coming. And I think because they I, I agree, I, I, they can't technologically, they can't do it and just blank out your bank account and give you a CBDC. I think there'll be so many unemployed people they'll offer a universal basic income, but the catch is it has to be a CB, you have to tie it to a CBDC. So that's how they're gonna to start to move it, is my so guess. You think it'll almost be a tiered system, like the poor people and the people who don't have the resources or who are down and out because of the economy. It could be anybody, it could be a wealthy person that loses everything, but it's still yeah. the people who are in poverty and dire straits are the ones who are gonna be forced on this first. But do you think they'll have, I mean, how is the process going to work to get the rest of us? I mean, that's an opportunity for the rest of us who are prepared to push back and to say no way. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of consternation and change in this country and other countries. So this is the fight. The fight is, uh, you know, the CBDC, in my humble opinion, is a way to enslave everybody for um, bureaucratic dictates. So... You know, for instance, right now they can't tell you to stop eating meat, but if they control your money and they can shut down your ability to purchase meat because everything is tied, your credit cards are tied to the CBDC. So, you know, you go to a grocery store and you buy your meat and it's above the quota, whatever they determine the quota is, um, the cash register person doesn't have the ability to transact at that level. That's the goal. The goal is pure, total control over every choice you make. And the CBDC is a step towards that. That's why I'm so against it. And I, That's right. Personally, I use cash for everything I can, you know, restaurants, uh, groceries. I try not to use credit cards. Well, I had an interview way pre-COVID, probably in 2016, with an indigenous group. And actually, it was a woman whose families and leadership and different um, tribes and stuff. And she was talking about how in the 90s, they were chipping certain groups of indigenous people for tracking. So their bank accounts and everything were on this chip and they had to have money in order to get healthcare and all this. And they made them do this for a period of time. And they were doing, she was saying they do a lot of testing in those groups. And then she couldn't come back on my show because her life was threatened and everything else. <laughs> so that was it with that. But that really makes you wonder. I mean, that is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's the a CBDC is enslavement, in my personal opinion. I don't I don't want to hear all the 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 fluffy stories about how it's going to be easier for for our lives. This is where it goes. I mean, it it, it that's where it ends up. I mean, no that's bureaucrat right. would would want it's it's a bureaucrat's technocrat's. Uh, I'll use the term wet dream. That's exactly what they want. That is what they want. They want to control every single. Thing we do. So what are you doing now? Because I know you are in high demand and with the lawsuits ratcheting up, what are you doing at this point? Well, we're trying to do two things. You know, we continue to do our work on the vaccine issue, but, you know, we've been doing it for free and free doesn't pay the bills. So we also have day jobs. We're also, um, you know, global macro uh, analysts and we're trying to launch a hedge fund. So we're going to try to get some revenues to our firm. So I'll be working on that this year. Uh, we're going to really delay it. We were talking about it last year, but we never got around to doing it because we were, this was more important, saving lives. Yeah. So now, unfortunately, you roll forward a year, 
uh, the bills haven't been paid and we need to figure out a way to you know, make money. So that's what we're going to do. Oh, that's true. So if people want to participate in your hedge fund, is there any, is there any focus that you'll have? Because I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that'll want to work with you. Uh, we got to raise money for the seed uh, investor. And unfortunately, hedge funds have restrictions because you have to be a high net worth individual. Yeah. But the hedge fund, generally speaking, is going to be global macro using our economic indicators. It has a good long term track record on our modeling. Um, and so uh, you know, it's just, it, it's a good divert. It's got low correlation with equities. So if you're, if you're, if you don't want to have all your assets correlated with equities, we're a good diversifier. Okay. So you'll have it in different currencies and different, what, how do you not have it in equities? It'll be currencies and land and what other things? Oh, no, we're, we're, we take positions in the equities via futures. Don't, it's going to be a futures oriented uh, okay. product. I see. So it'll be, it'll be commodity futures, agricultural futures, equity futures, bond futures, currency futures. And we, we take our bets depending upon what our economic indicators are telling us. So it has, over time, it has low correlation with equities in any one year, it could be highly correlated or negatively correlated, but over time, it's not correlated with equities. Because we, right now, uh, if the market, stock market were to tank and bonds, uh, interest rates were to go lower, uh, we're gonna have a good year. That's how we're positioned right now. Well, it's kind of a good bet, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's at the high point. Okay, so where can people find you? Are you going to be speaking? Have any speaking things coming up, or where can they find you? Not no speaking engagements uh, on the books right now. Uh, I'm available uh, on our website, financetechnologies.com, with a ph. That's where all our evidence is based on the humanities project. Uh, I have a book, Cause Unknown: The Epidemic of Sudden Death in 21 and 22, and I drop constant news on Twitter, or well, I guess they call it X. Uh, at Dowd Edward and uh, Getter at Edward Dowd. So that's where you can find me uh, uh, right now. Okay, well, thank you so much. And you know what? Thank you for having the courage to do what you've done over the last few years. The, everybody should be thanking you for that. I mean, we, it's, we just need more people like you with the courage to step, step up and do what you did and keep doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, it really, my job on Wall Street was to make money for my investors and uh, sidestep fraud. And then I saw this unroll, uh, unfold. And I said, this is this is global fraud. I have to say something it's just in my nature to call call BS BS. Well, and that tells you that you're someone that people should do business with because you're telling the truth. <laughs> it's like you're someone people can trust. So that's awesome. So thank, thank you so you. much.